Oh, hey, gang. How we doing? Uh, good, Cal. How you doing, Brienne? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> so, for those who don't know, we are currently recording this across three different continents, three different time zones. Because we live this in is the like, future. This is like the Doctor Who 50th anniversary crossover of the Video Shop podcast. Oh man, I, know how I can just have a little bit of sass <laughs> and go, I'm great, how are you? You both laugh and then immediately feel the need to explain why you're laughing is that I'm up in the middle of the night. Anyway, now that you've gotten that mm -hmm. all out of the way, the semantics of why my tone is hilarious apparently, we can move on! <laughs> Brienne doesn't want to linger on the fact that it's 2.45 in the morning, and I understand. Anyway. We've got a bunch of tweets, so uh, I'm going to read them, as we always do here at the video shop. Mm. At Flint Monkey has tweeted saying, Please do crank. I beg you. Fuck. Those movies are gloriously <laughs> stupid. I have to Google oh, what God. he's talking about now. Crank is a movie where Jason Statham, his heart won't work unless he keeps electrocuting himself. No, if he keeps his adrenaline up, the sequel, Sorry, Crank 2, High Voltage, <laughs> is where he needs his electricity. Um, oh, God. They are high adrenaline, stupid movies that might be the best films ever made. And I'm not going to say that definitively, but I'm just saying they might be, you know? Um, Who's, who could say for sure, really? Anyway, moving on. Who cares? I don't know what this movie is. <laughs> Brienne, Brienne doesn't know. Brienne doesn't care. Classic. Um, I hate to break to you what the rest of the tweets are about. They're all about Crank. <laughs> Every one of them. No, that. I I wish I wish that was true just for the bit, but it's not. They're about Fast and the Furious. Okay, that makes a little At bit Flint more Monkey sense. Says, <laughs> At Flint Monkey says, while we're pitching Fast and Furious crossovers, what about Transformers? Yes. Uh, okay, see, on. the problem with that is that <laughs> John Cena plays a character that isn't the same character as he plays in Fast and Furious in Bumblebee. That's true, he doesn't. It's so unless he as has. long as he meets it's, himself. One of them, it's he's fine. a spy, and he's just playing a character, and it's his cover story, and the whole thing's solved. You I could do that. For a living. But the better way to do it, I think, is just to have them both meet each other and be like, oh, this is a bit weird. All right, moving on. I, I think don't address it. Neither of them are in it, and Vin Diesel headbutts a Transformer. That's all I want. Like in Fast and Furious 6, you know, he jumps up and just heads butts him. Oh, like, like the dude that's even bigger that, than The Rock, and he just jumps in it. We yeah. missed so many things from that franchise. <laughs> We didn't even talk about the um, magnets and how that's not how magnets work at all. <laughs> yeah, it's best not to uh, to linger on how things actually work in the Fast franchise. Anyway, um, as long as Vin Diesel headbutts Optimus Prime, I'm cool for a Transformers crossover. Next tweet, at Riley is good, says, Something I noticed on my most recent rewatch of F5 is that Han doesn't contribute to the heist at all. <laughs> he gets given one task and Gal Gadot does it for him. Can we just pause I'm for a second <laughs> and linger on the fact that they said most recent as in they've watched it more than not just once, not just yeah. twice, but more than twice? Yeah. Have You, you haven't watched them so I... You, Look, I'm not going to say you don't understand, but... <laughs> I, you I, wouldn't get it, man. I, you weren't there. I, 
I, I get it. I get why you would watch these dumb movies multiple times just to see stuff that is impossible happen in front of your eyes. Um, uh, Riley does say, and we love Han for that. Uh, yeah, we do, I think. I think we do love that Han is just, a uh, he's dead weight. <laughs> yeah, Han's dead weight. No, no, Mick, because he, like, he lifts that guy up and throws him into a jet engine. <laughs> oh, that's in the next one. Though. Ah, dead, damn it! Dead weight in F5. <laughs> damn it! Yeah, um, fair enough. <laughs> we got a few tweets from Riley, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through them. I'm pretty sure every death in Fast and Furious, um... If they get a funeral scene, they'll come back to life. <laughs> it's pretty accurate, to be fair. Fair enough. Um, so only the villains die for good. Yeah, yeah. And even then... But but even then, when did the last time a villain die? They all turned good and joined, the, <laughs> joined them. <laughs> Everyone. Wait. The next one's going to be Charlie's Theron joining. Wait, hold up. So you're telling me mm. that these aren't, in fact, funerals? These are, like, rituals to raise the dead? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. wasn't saying that, but the implications... <laughs> Fast and Furious and the Babysitter crossover. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And fast and Babysitter even ends with the fastest and the furiousest <laughs> moment. <laughs> For those who have seen it and remember how that movie ends. By visionary it's very director fast and furious. <laughs> Said no one ever. Um, At this point, I've seen the music video for Pretty Fly for a White Guy, the old Charlie's Angels movies, and Babysitter, and I'm like, cool, this man's a genius. You haven't seen Terminator Salvation, it's poo. Um, <sighs> yeah, but all the Terminator movies are poo. Not Terminator Except, 1 and 2. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, next tweet from Riley's Good is, My favourite bit of F9 is when Mia and Letty are eating with chopsticks and Mia spends the entire scene just picking up and dropping the same piece of food repeatedly. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. No one eats anything because the second they do, you're John Cena eating like three pizzas or whatever it was he ate in Suicide Squad. So yeah. Oh, hot dogs. Yeah. Apparently, in the new Suicide Squad, John Cena like one one mouthful ate like ten hot dogs after one after another in takes. He thought it would be a funny bit to to shove the whole thing in his mouth and was like, "Oh, it won't take us that long to get it." Ten takes later. I mean that that's pretty great. <laughs> I well, I look forward to seeing the Suicide Squad to find out the context of him needing to shove a hot dog hole in his mouth but you know yeah but yeah welcome to hollywood get used to scenes where people just play with their food and then never actually eat it and it's once you <laughs> it realize is... that it's the most unsatisfying thing to watch food scenes <laughs> well and the same thing happened in knives out if you remember those bickies oh. that, um the bickies that chris evans kept eating in that in that scene where he's like eat shit eat shit mm. he ate like three packets of those and they're like dry Dirt, like you know those really dry, crumbly biscuits yeah. that are like sand. Mm. So his mouth is like dry. His throat is made of sand now. Like by the end of the, uh, the end of the shooting. So that's pretty good. Fair um, enough. <laughs> next tweet is also from Riley. It says, "I'm curious going forward if a Charlie's Throne is going to follow the trend of villains becoming allies, and b if Kurt Russell is going to be." Uh, 
twist revealed as a villain anytime soon because he won't stop trying to acquire super weapons. Kurt Russell's in these movies? Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many questions. (laughs) Dude, everybody's in these movies. Ronda Rousey's in one of them. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? Cara Dune from The Mandalorian's in one of them. Um, I mean, the, the main cast is just ridiculous at this point. Yeah, they got they got everyone. Um, yeah, look, it wouldn't surprise me if Charlie's turns good, and I'd be okay with it. Well, and if Kurt Russell's the ultimate bad guy all along, I'm sorry. Are you saying why Charlize? Charlize. Charlize. It's Charlize. Charlize. That's what I'm saying. Charlize. Sam, Charlize. Sam doesn't say normal Charlize. words right, let alone French proper nouns. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you both. Um, next tweet. At Riley says, I'm tweeting a lot today, so this will be my last one. But Vin Diesel has said he really wants Michael Caine in the franchise, and I think he'd be a great Shaw dad. Oh, yes, that reminds yes, me. a thousand times yes. Yes, yeah. that there's a really good movie with Michael Caine and Cars. I think I think it's called The Italian Job. Yes, which they do. The, the thing is, this Hobbs and Shaw. They do. And Brienne, I know you're doing like a bit, but because that's an inside <laughs> joke, it makes it sound like you just don't know the movie The Italian Job. I so don't. people are going to like push it before. What's people that? are going to push gla- push glasses up their nose and go classic American not knowing British films. Eh. I know both of them. Thank you very much. Moving well, on. Well, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Also, you keep saying move along. <laughs> I have more important things this. to talk about gonna, here. Nothing to linger yeah. on this for a moment. Um, yes, no, Michael Caine for sure. And if he doesn't drive a mini, what's the point? No, uh, he drives a Maxi. And the final, he drives like the biggest thing. <laughs> he drives a, a semi truck. As long as he says you were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off, it's oh, fine. Yes. Maybe he can drive a boat like he did in Jaws the Revenge. Or maybe he has to blow the bloody doors off and then someone says it to him. <laughs> or maybe... Ah, now we think with portals. <laughs> maybe he was supposed to blow up more than just the doors and then he only blows the doors off. <laughs> you only blew really off the doors. <laughs> you only blew off the bloody doors. <laughs> anyway, we've given you a lot to work with, Vin Diesel. Go at it. Mm. Uh, and the final tweet is from at Flint Monkey. It says, Adam Driver should be in Faster Than Furious. Mm. His name is literally Driver. Mm. And he's a, he's a big boy. He's a big, he's a good big actor, swollen too. unit. Didn't he do a movie where he drove cars? Yes. Yeah, Star Wars. Lucky Logan. Yeah. Logan Lucky. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> and those are space cars. Well. Wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was in I space. mean, there was... <laughs> I broke Cal's brain. We just need to take a quick pause for Cal to think about that fact. <laughs> um, he was in Logan Lucky, which, if you haven't seen, is a fantastic film. Check it out. Anyway, that is all the tweets. We're nearly 15 minutes in. I think we can safely say we can crack on. I think we can safely say we can play the music. Shop podcast about what you're watching, maybe. I'm your host, Cal. I'm your other Sam, and today we are joined by Brianne to, 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 to talk about um, 
the latest MCU movie, Black Widow. I've messed that up, but but we never repeat it. We I'm, never do it again. I'm your I'm your host, Cal. Today we have Brienne and Porky fucking Pig joining us. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> and we're not That's talking about Space Jam for some reason. <laughs> oh, come on. Ease up. Fair shake. <clears throat> Are we right. going to talk about so, um, um, Space Jam at some point? Uh, Only if you hate yourselves. <laughs> I've heard it's not a movie. <laughs> that's like that's the the best. And the you know best, what, Cal? Like, While you're <laughs> at it, talk about the new Tom and Jerry movie. Oh, we never what? did that. <laughs> we could do those Apparently two that, together. Or we could do. I've never seen the OG Space Jam because it, it seems like it's probably bad. What? It's a fun time. And and Looney Tunes back in action for life, baby. Looney Tunes back in action is a better movie. I'm sorry, can we just circumvent this conversation to be later when you guys figure this out? Because I want to talk about Black Widow. <laughs> Alright, cool. What did you think of Black Widow? It was Brienne? great. <laughs> I loved it. I was very happy. It was oh. nice um, just to be in a cinema watching a Marvel movie again. As good as the <laughs> That's shows a nice been... way to avoid saying it was a bit mediocre. <laughs> It was good. No, actually, You're wrong. You're just wrong. I left this movie I, full of happiness. Actually, I, I do want to ask. Did I know you didn't see it in cinema, Brian? Because your family bought it on Disney Plus. Did you see it in cinemas, Cal? I did with other people, and like, well, yeah. wild. Mm. I didn't wait to go rub it in. You've alone. got friends. I saw it on my own. Fuck you, Cal. I have plans to probably go see it again in a cinema because I. I will go see this movie again. I, I most I, will. Fair enough. I, I didn't actually think it was mediocre. I think the worst part about this movie is that it should have came out ages ago. That's and I don't mean when it was initially... Yes. I did, and not when it was initially scheduled for release. It should have come out immediately after Civil War. Yep. Okay, so this was one of the big questions I did want, <laughs> want to discuss, is mm. the, like, the implications of where it should be placed if it should have come out canonically or if it should have if it works where it is i actually think and i know there will be arguments against this i think watching this movie prior to endgame um and infinity war it would have made spoilers for this movie i guess um (laughs) but more spoilers for endgame uh i think it would have made the impact of black widow's death a lot more um, like obviously you're impacted by a death in Endgame, mm-hmm. but I think it would have made that a little bit. It would have given that death a little more oomph had I already seen this movie, and the end credit scene from this movie, which obviously you couldn't have put on the back of it if it was released after Civil War, pop that on Endgame itself. Because one thing that bothered me about Endgame is we have this big funeral scene for Tony Stark and uh, and nothing for Black Widow. She's just... Yeah, but it would have pissed me gone. off way more. Imagine that we have this big, I don't know, five to ten minute scene for <laughs> a funeral for Tony Stark and then attacked on Gravestone. No, I, I would have lost my mind. Um <laughs> Uh, especially following especially following women they can do it together because they can't do it alone when they're the most overpowered superhero of all time um 
yeah, the the worst scene in the MCU. Now, I could go... I Like, I'm not sold one way or the other of where this film could have been released, because I think it could have worked either way. But one thing I will say, contrary to what you just said, or, like, uh, I guess the flip side of what you said, is, yes, it would add more impact, but I also think of it in context of how we discuss and look at people who die in the real world and like you know when things come out after their death that we go oh my god I had no idea um and this carries that impact um I like I spent a a significant portion of the movie like having to remind myself that this is a fictional world going oh my god she like Black Widow deals with so much stuff outside of just being the 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 hand off to the side Avenger ready to do whatever she's be asked to do. She like she went and dealt with this and came back and like with time to spare and no one has any idea what she dealt with. Mm. Well, and it's an interesting like it doesn't beg the question of, like, well, where were the other Avengers during all of this? Because this is a very personal story for her to go on. Um, but I do... And unlike Iron Man 3, the Avengers are fucked at this stage. There's, it makes total sense they're not there. Absolutely. We know that while this movie's happening, Thor's fighting the Hulk on another planet. Mm. Iron Man is, like, you know being a salty boy and cap is also on the run somewhere else yeah. mm. well, and, and it's not like it they're gonna works. pop on facebook yeah. and tag each other in photos to see where they are well and they even have that conversation with with her sister where she's like i kept waiting for the to see on the news the avengers take down the red room what the heck <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah that, that's I, um, probably a I, good point but I mean, I guess she didn't know it was still a thing. But that doesn't none of that makes any difference to whether or not it was released after Civil War or after Endgame. Yeah, I think. I th- no, you're right. I think the release order isn't necessarily the problem. It's that I think that this movie sits better before the big high stakes thing. Like if I was going to watch the the MCU in in order, I'd probably watch in release order, even though it's not chronological order. But I would put. Black Widow after mm. Civil War. Just I was thinking the exact same be. thing. Like it just I think fits I would so do the same. There. I think I would do the same in re- in retrospect, but I think I think this conversation would be a lot different if Black Widow had come out at its originally slated date much closer to Endgame. We've mm-hmm. had a lot of time to digest and move on from Endgame, whereas yeah. like I wonder if if this movie would have performed, like, it would have bombed, almost, if it had come out as close as it did to Endgame, having come from that grandiose scale to this. Um, I felt like this was a nice nice transition from, like, we are genuinely wrapping up these early stories and moving on to new things. Mm. Yeah. But I was what I was going to say in regards to that is in Spider-Man: Far From Home, that's kind of a <clears throat> a much smaller scale story that is that wraps up the kind of personal stakes of Endgame. But at and least this it's kind like, of does a similar thing. But at least its sort of subplots are built around the consequences of Endgame. Like it has to come up. This is this is more a reflection of something well, in Endgame that it is yeah, uh, like, a direct like consequence of it. Well, this is just well, like oh, by it's... the way, before Endgame, this happened. Like it, it, uh, it, it almost gives that throwaway sort of 
feeling to it. At well, least that's, I felt yeah. it did. I thought it did something really interesting, where mm-hmm. um, the like, you know, you spend most of these movies all the time, like not really worried that the Avenger of the story isn't going to die. And mm-hmm. obviously, being a prequel, you know for a fact Natasha isn't going to die. Mm-hmm. But because I had seen Endgame and I know what happens next, I was like, so what's going to happen to her sister and what's going to happen to her, her like, mm. little spy family? Like, are they going... Like, I actually... This was one of the few movies, like, there were characters that I felt that there could be a lot at stake because they weren't in the next movie. And mm. obviously, they didn't need to be. But I, like you know marvel had very much had the option of we could have people die and add more grief onto natasha or Mm. we could be setting up future characters and it it left room for a question Mm. yeah i was half expecting um red guardian to die Mm. um just to sort of be like oh you never knew what they're you know, what you were missing until he was gone sort of thing. I was kind um, of expecting a fun, campy end credit scene with Red Guardian and Captain America meeting. But what I got was so much better. To, <laughs> yeah. Or like going to like a Captain America um, uh, exhibit or something. <laughs> and like stopping mm. little kids being like, see? See that? <laughs> that was me! I did that! <laughs> <laughs> I will say... I was constantly waiting for the Chris Evans cameo at the, that two weeks later when mm. she gets the jet. I was waiting, but not, like, I put quotation marks. I was waiting for the Captain America-shaped person in the distance to wave hello. <laughs> um, Which could be any of the Chris's, really. <laughs> it could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I... Can't get Evans. I think there was a point crap. that I was waiting for some kind of cameo that was more than just... Roth, um, mm, and Ross. It, by the end of it, like I knew, I I remembered vaguely who all was is currently on the raft. But when she does go off, she's like, I gotta go do some stuff now and spring some people. I was like, wait, hang on, how does she actually get some of these people? Like, do I remember like how, yeah, no, how I don't they think all it is actually stated? Well, it's in the final scene of Civil War, you see all the people on the raft beat up and, and well, no, no, no. Captain that... America walks out of the darkness. Hmm. Yeah, that stuff I, I remember, but, like, how does she find Captain America then? <laughs> oh, yeah, who knows. Well, also, how did she escape Ross at the very end, too? Yeah, she, like, let herself get magical. away. <laughs> I mean, I assume she gets taken to the raft to the same place that all the other people are being held and then busts out from there. And just oh, busted no. out herself and is like, okay, now I, I gotta go back. <laughs> now I gotta go back and rescue them? Because yeah. that's what she says at the end. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, Cal. No. Doesn't make a lick of sense. No. Anyway. Um, um, I, speaking of the other Avengers, mm. we finally find out what actually happened in Budapest. Kind oh, of? Kind of. Yeah. Budapest. <laughs> like, you and I remember Budapest very differently. Budapest. <laughs> It's Budapest. We're going to so, play this game because it was in the movie and it's relevant. Anyway. Yes, so, we do find out what happened. That was that was kind the of. thing that was sort of a little bit... Of, like, not, not annoying. Like, it felt like, why are we seeing... Like, why is the only flashback to the Budapest mission 
her sitting in a car talking into a radio. Like, why can't like mm. why can't one of the action sequences, like the unnecessary one where she's fighting her sister in the apartment, why can't that have been like the Budapest mission? <laughs> like, why can't we have seen more of that? I, I would know have that's liked the a little joke, bit more but... of that. Yeah, a little bit more of that, and like a little bit more mystery around it. Like, it didn't take us long to reveal what that was or what it meant for this situation whereas it mm. felt like it really should have carried more weight considering mm. its relation to the ultimate uh, essentially the creation of this movie's plot in in where um i forget what his name is now and the taskmaster mm. like that event um, led straight into the situation that that sets them up where they are now and, like, and in the Budapest flashback, they should have had a moment like in the final season of Community where Arbid flashbacks, flashes back to Annie's move and you just see Troy's arm come up by the side and he's like, hey, Troy, and you just see his arm. And they should have done that, but with Clint and gone, hi, Hawkeye, and just his arm comes up holding a bow, waving. No. Sam, I don't anyway. get your references. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so Taskmaster, um, mm. as soon as they killed the little girl, you're like, ah, oh, okay, they're Taskmaster. Like, that's what's going on here, isn't it? Like, Oh, I did not call it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did not connect those dots. I was oh, just damn. along for the ride, man. I'm like, oh, no, I did, yeah, little, I didn't really think about dead. it. Yeah, I didn't really think about it until, like, they're typing into the little pad to take the helmet off, and I was like, oh, who's it going to be? And then my brain went, oh, duh, I know exactly who it's going to be. But I didn't <laughs> I didn't care to think until that moment. <laughs> so mm. it didn't really feel too bad. Yeah. And, like, I feel like this just, like, the Taskmaster being the villain was, like, cool for, the, for exactly as many action sequences as they got. Because any longer, and it probably would have just emphasized that everybody in the MCU either has, like, like either can't be mimicked because they have magical weapons and, and future tech or f- do kung fu. Everybody just does kung fu. Like, yes, the, but they do different styles of martial arts. What well, they do different poses before they do the kung fu. You, you no, get... they all literally, like, it, they all have different trained styles of martial arts. And it, I find it really fascinating, actually, the different training styles and how, like, the. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Not the psychology of it, but the the choices in what character resonates best with what martial art form is really interesting to me. Like specifically, like Black Panther's martial art form uses a lot of like cat-like movements and things, mm. and it's based in actual things. And anyway, they like, do they yeah. do like they do do a good job of making everyone distinct distinct, but. They all do just punch and kick. Okay. Like, they're distinct punches and kicks. <laughs> so it is punches and kicks. Yeah, but when you're limited to what the character can actually do... I, I'm not bothered by the fact that they just punch and kick people. I'm bothered by, like... Captain America generally fights the same way that Black Widow does, but he doesn't do the the sexy poses and the and the leg twirl things. He just hits things really hard. I don't know. Have you seen Chris Evans? I, I love I'm not saying he doesn't do the, the sexy swing things. I love that this movie addresses the fact that, like, most of the movies, Black Widow's character has been, I'm the sexy Avenger who's going to 
do things in the weirdest and most sexual ways because, well, I'm the one with boobs. And this movie sits there and goes, yeah, we don't like that. We're going to fix that. <laughs> I, I... I did like that scene where a sister's like, "You're such a poser. Why, why, why do you do the pose? <laughs> Poser is and then such did a it, and then did it, for it. <laughs> it is, and then did it herself later. She was like, Ugh, I didn't like that. Oh, didn't like that at all.' Florence, P- is it Florence Pugh? I think that's how you pronounce her last name. She, her performance was amazing. I had so much fun watching her. Like mm. her, like." That moment specifically, like, just her body movement and in- encapsulation of moments added so much comedy to it. It was great. Mm. She, she did a I, very good I, job. Like, she's the character that I was like, cool, I'm keen to see more of her. I'm glad that she's the one that survived. <laughs> well, wow. no, Okay, that sounded wrong. <laughs> but I'm glad that she can be in more movies now. You're glad I'm she glad didn't die. glad that she's die. going to come back. Because yeah. she absolutely could have died when she like blows up the helicopter. Yeah. Probably should have actually. They probably all should be dead. But Yeah, there's yeah. a version of this movie <laughs> where it ends with her dying and Black Widow taking her vest rather than being given it and that's and it's a, a very sad she... somber thing, isn't there? Does she wear that vest yes. later, Black Widow? Yes, she wears that vest when she's being sad ruler of half the planet. Um, oh. Not ruler, but I was gonna mitigator. Say, you mean like mid? Okay, that's a that's a Dictator. dark version of Endgame that I'm kind of keen <laughs> to see in a what if. Black Widow becomes like a dictator mm. of the of the world. Yeah. Um, all the interactions between them as sisters was actually the highlight for me of the entire film. They had great yeah. chemistry. Um, it was it was they fun to worked watch. so well together. And, like, and even that first thing, like, it's got so many pockets. <laughs> well, like, and they, Hell yeah. Yeah, they had... Oh, man, I loved everything with the vest. And it took me until she gave her the vest to go, Oh, oh, that vest is in Endgame. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, and I don't know why that mattered so much to my brain, but I was like, what a nice little setup payoff for nothing. Um, and But mm-hmm. it, again, it's one of those things that, like, retrospectively adds this emotional weight to what Natasha's dealing with outside of what Natasha's dealing with in Endgame. Um, but the I, their chemistry was so much fun. Not, like, you know, they had some good banter and things when it was just the two of them, and their conflict, you know, of course there was conflict when they first saw each other again. That was all dealt with well. But the immediate switch, like sisters, to... As soon as there's someone else to gang up on, they are together and on top of just demolishing um oh my god what's his name alexi i can think of what she called him the, the crimson guy but he's not the crimson <laughs> guy he's the red guy uh, it's um, uh crimson dynamo yeah it's what um, she called him red yeah. guardian red guardian red guardian uh, but like he gets he gets David there Harper. and they just like totally take him apart as soon as he gets there <laughs> mm. Well, I'm like, David Harbour is so good in this too. It was a little bit weird when on the helicopter ride the whole way there, um, he's he's very like, no, the mission was a success. It was all about the mission, and like, and like he didn't he didn't say at any point I ne- I didn't care about you or anything. But he's very like he's very hateable until they sit down for dinner, <laughs> and then everything becomes banner. There is this weird banner. switch. 
for both mm. him and um and uh is it Rachel Weiss her yes. character uh, um Malena? is that her name mm, I can't remember Malena I think yeah mm. um they both had this weird like out of nowhere no you're right switch that mm. I'm like I don't understand why you're helping them other than this weird obligation but they kept talk like I personally and you know every lived experience is different but they kept going we are a family they're stationed together for three years mm. yeah I'm like guys you're you're reaching you're reaching but you know what if that's the life you live where you have absolutely no one like three years is a long time to have a family well and for the and, younger and sibling like that, that was would be all they yeah. remember yeah um, well, and even, but, but you also think about chosen family, like, you know, we're getting pretty sappy here. We're getting right into Fast and Furious territory now, right... Sam. <laughs> well, but it's, it's not just sappy, because, like, that is one of the themes that Natasha talks about, is that, like, you know, they all give her um, a, a hard time and are trying to to mess with her psyche in terms of, like, her defection from working for him. Um, and she's like, well, yeah. well, they gave me a family. <laughs> Well, and what I was going to say as well, in like as far as my experience goes, you know, I, I spent three years with people at uni, but because we were a very tight knit class, you know, f for a while there, you know, they're, they're lifelong friends, you mm. know, and for a while we were sort of, you know, familial, um, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> in a regard, yeah, like you know, not quite to the extent, but it would, yeah. Yeah, it's an important thing to sort of wrap your head around, and it's an important factor in the largest media franchise in the world, um, like, focusing on family so much. Like, Well, I think, yeah. like, that's, that is a driving factor in their decision-making, but again, like, why he decided to help them is still a little bit ambiguous for me, and we get a little bit of why Milena wanted to help in that conversation of her talking about her involvement with the Red Room, mm. but you don't quite get enough to see the shift as to, like, what helped her make the decision of you know what, let's take him down. Mm. I think with David Harbour, Red, Red, I nearly said Red Giant, Red Guardian, um, I think the way he kind of reacts to it is the mission was a success, you know, is what he tells himself mm. about his own feelings about it. Mm. He says the mission was a success, it was just a mission. But then they're sitting at the table and, you know, that's that wave of nostalgia that hits him and it's kind of like, well, you know, for those three years we were a family. And I think it's, it's his own internal lie being overcome by his actual experience, mm. you know? Mm. It's not super obvious, but I think there's enough there that it didn't... The shift didn't bother me that much. No, it didn't break things for me. Like, it didn't take me out of it at all. It was one of those things that, like, in retrospect, I'm like... Mm. Well, and, you know, it. the movie does toe that line with, with sappy family values and having big, long conversation scenes where they get convinced to change their ways and all of that. Mm. Um, Would be too What much. did you guys think of that opening sequence and the so that was a cg face david harbour right no I'd, surely i think they he was an entirely different body shape uh i don't know man i think they just sort of covered him up a little more 
Put a put a what one of those things that you a shirt. Uh, 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 put a shirt on him. No, one of those things that compress a corset. They put a corset on him, or whatever they call them, the quote unquote man version. I was gonna what say. What do they call those? Just so you know, corset, as a woman, that's not how corsets work. <laughs> Don't you, they like if they, they suck squeak, it all in? Yes, but that has to go somewhere. So. Normally it squishes out in places. So if he was just in a corset, there would be there like he wasn't in a corset. Let's just leave that at that. Like I'm not going to spend time explaining corset logic. Well, if you say so. I, I, I <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think he looked like of, an entirely different man. Yeah. Well, I think they played it up while he was um while he was in the suit. And mm. I think when he's got his shirt off, you only have to be not like you only have to be a little overweight to like and have the wrong sort of body shape to to look like a a fat guy with your shirt off. That's pretty. Especially when in the rest of the universe, everyone looks like even Paul Rudd is ripped in the MCU, mm-hmm. which he has no reason to be ripped, like at all. <laughs> at all. Well, he's a thief, and like he's even Robert Downey Jr. doesn't need to be ripped, and he and like they don't even show him off, but Although... he's, he's ripped under there. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he is... Is he? I don't, I don't know. There are I'm pretty sure there's one of those fun YouTube in, the, in this universe. There's... That's true. Well, Paul Rudd is like that lean, really like lean, just no fat on him kind of ripped. Whereas you've got like a... Uh, the Chris's uh, are massive. The, the, the Chris's are like big, beefy boys. And I remember a um, like at one of those little YouTube video things of like, yeah, this is the cast of the Avengers doing something. Um... And Chris Evans was, like, surprised to see Robert Downey Jr. with his shirt off and how ripped he was. <laughs> so, maybe I just dreamt that. Maybe that's maybe just a fantasy is. I had. But maybe. I mean, uh, that, that's a very odd and specific fantasy. You, your dream is to watch Chris Evans watch Robert Downey Jr. without a shirt. I, well, I'd yes. love to unpack that. Let's talk about Black <laughs> Widow. Sure. I think some um, of the action sequences were particularly shaky and hard to follow. Um, oh, I actually really enjoyed them. I thought they were fine and pretty pretty on par with the rest of Marvel. Yeah. I, they like, reminded me of the Bourne movies. Apparently this is very similar story-wise to the first Bourne, Bourne movie, which I tried uh, yeah. to anyone watch who says that hasn't. Anyone who says that hasn't watched the yeah. Born Identity in a long time. Cool, take like, that. I don't think they're that similar. That. There's a significant portion of <laughs> reviews out there calling this, like, Marvel's Born movie. And if you've seen... Like, it's almost... Like, it, it it's almost Born in reverse because no one here is dealing with amnesia to figure out who they are. Everyone's pretty resolute in who they are. It's only dealing with kind of, like getting rid of this mind control. But again, there's no amnesia aspect to it. So, again... It's probably... It's the inverse of Born. (laughs) It's probably the most like the third Born, if anything. Um, And it's the way it's all espionage and spies and all that is very thematically similar to Born. But that's So I do see why people are saying it. But there's not really major plot points that are similar. There's what no they should have been chase. comparing it to is the episode of Kim Possible where Dr. Draken mind controls her. Of course. Uh, is that what they should have been comparing no, it to? No, but can we just is talk about Kim the fact Possib- that, like, there's Kim Possible a rule... grow up to be Black Widow? What? 
Does Kim Possible grow up to be Black Widow? Yeah, like, immediately after the end of Kim Possible, Mm. she gets taken away from her family, uh, has a uterus cut out, and is mind-controlled and trained to be a killing machine. Cool, Sam. But can we just talk about the Thanks for ruining someone's childhood. For some reason, (laughs) like, because I couldn't stop thinking about, like, Kim Possible and Totally Spies, and somehow, like... If a woman's gonna be, like, a super... Like, Kim Possible's not really a spy, but, like, superstar ninja assassin ladies, they're all redheads? <laughs> mm, I think... Because Totally Spies is a, is a sort of parody of um, Charlie's, of Charlie's Angels, Angels. yeah. Where I think the whole point is that everyone's preference is there. There's, yeah. there's gingers, oh, well, there's yeah. blondes, there's Except brunettes. in the original... I, this, wasn't, this wasn't a serious question, Cal, where I needed this explained to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it, it was, it was like, it spoke to my childhood in these things that I really enjoyed watching and getting to see an actual live-action lady do these things and mm. whatnot. But there was a ginger, a blonde, and a brunette. Mm. Not in the original Charlie's Angels show. Sure, in this and in Totally Spies <laughs> and in McGee's Masterpieces. <laughs> You keep saying the word McG and Masterpiece <laughs> in the same sentence and my brain stops it's purely, for like two seconds purely while to it mess tries with to you. connect them. Mm, so you're trying to hurt my brain. Yes. I see. I thought we were friends. No. But uh, turns out we've just been two dudes that do a podcast that aren't friends this whole time. Correct. Uh, that's old Black Widow. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I will know. say, mm, I, I did like this, but... And I, and I think it's evident based on our discussion so far, the villain is pretty weak. Yeah. Well, it's not really about the villain. Like there, No, it's when not. When you think about the actual conflict of the story, it's not the villain has a nefarious plan that must be stopped. It is, this thing is still happening. It's time to take, like, for all intents and purposes, the the villain doesn't even know that they're coming. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a personal vendetta the hero has against a villain. Yeah, and the, you're right, the main problem of the story is the is pretty much the reconciliation of that family, and then they go as a family to stop the bad guy. Well, mm. I still think they could have done more with him, the villain, but... Well, and it is a, it is a retrospective of, like how much damage and control he has over these women. Um, like, I, I I see what you're saying about doing more with him, but just, like, for me, the control that you see early on, even, with the, the woman dying in the streets, I don't want to do this, and then she's gone. Um, mm. he, he's got a lot of power with absolutely nothing, and it's... It, it, it is terrifying, and these other women who they're having to fight their way through to get to him. Everything that, like, all the cloak and dagger they have to get through just to get to him and possibly beat him. And it's all set up really nicely to reflect, like, Black Widow's journey and getting her thank you for the your cooperation line that mirrors her Avengers thing and all of that. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. It, it, I, think... I think it worked really well, but, like, yeah, I guess, like... I'm, towing that political line as a woman like there is a lot to unpack in what the red room actually means that makes it really scary that you don't need a whole lot more 
while I agree with all of that, my the, the problem I had with him was I was sitting there, as soon as they mentioned pheromones, I was like, holy shit, imagine if this was David Tennant's Purple Man. A little bit, yeah. I mean... <laughs> That was that was that was my thinking, and then I think I was like, I was like, oh man, David Tennant was like the best villain the MCU has produced still, well, and he's barely part of the MCU anymore. I mean, there's I, an to say I get not, that, but... but they also have very different motives. Like his, mm, like true that whole his whole monologue of global control from the shadows is is pretty intense. Mm. Well, and, well, and they have different he... motivations. Yeah. Well, and it's almost because this guy doesn't have supernatural mind control that he has to do this stuff. Like, well, yeah. And the, and, yeah. And the scarier part, like, he, not only does he do this stuff, but he gets women to do it for him, for him to have control over them. Like, Melina mm. M- herself says she's one of the scientists who developed these things. She shows us her pig, who, by the way, I, like... Could not rat like I thought she was gonna <laughs> let the pig die, and I was very upset for a very strong minute. Um, but she, the piggy she was so cute. She's one of the recruited widows who was put into the science division and has developed all of this stuff for him to control, essentially to control her and control other women. Um, like the, the circular levels of control to not only be controlling these women. But control them so much that they they create the means of your control. It it, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's it's just such a such a personal mission for Nat that I don't it, well and for like for the rest of the characters involved. I guess I just I don't know. I don't I know think... what exactly about it didn't. Like yeah. Well, and to also go back to Sam's point of like needing more from the villain, I think. Like, and this will sound like I'm diminishing what she's able to do because um, Nat's able to do a whole lot. But like, if it, I think if you made the villain any bigger, I, at least for me, I I didn't spend the movie going why like why hasn't she done anything to get other Avengers? Like, obviously there's the context of civil war, but if this was a bigger problem, something would be circumvented in in lieu of that. Hmm. Um, but... Well, you can't make it an, a, a Thanos-level villain, right? Because Thanos coming reunited the Avengers. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Well, is like this is this although... is scaled well for for Black Widow to to take on herself and go like to arguably breeze through it. <laughs> mm. Like there wasn't really there wasn't a crisis point in this film where she you know like and I'm I'm glad there is and I'm not complaining about it but there's never a crisis film of what if we can't stop him because she there's no question she's black widow well the crisis point is uh, the 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 family dinner is like that lowest moment where they <laughs> where it feels exactly. like there's just totally yeah. no cooperation between the four of them but there's never, um, there's never a question of Nat's skills. There's not a single point mm-hmm. where they play the what if I'm not strong enough card that I was terrified this movie would be. <laughs> that would be that would be dumb. Although in saying that, I love that scene where she's like, 
what 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 are the big Avengers? <laughs> and uh, and uh, her sister's like, well, I'm pretty sure the space god doesn't have to take Neurofen after a fight. Yeah, I I that was very reminiscent of the the Falcon and Winter Soldier scene where they're like, what do you mean the big three? Oh well, wizards and aliens <laughs> and whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what did we? Th- where, where, do, where do we think it's going after that end credit scene? Because you've got Elaine from Seinfeld. That's her name, right? In yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. Um, recruiting. I, I just recruiting know her by her people. actual name, Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> I know her as from Seinfeld. Elaine from Seinfeld. I'll be real embarrassed if Elaine's not her name, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it's her name. I think so too. Um, uh, so is is. Um, is she going to be the bad guy, you reckon, in uh, well, the Hawkeye everyone, show? Everyone was theorizing after um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier that she was Madame Hydra because her name is similar to the name of Madame Hydra. It's Val, Countess, something, 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 something. Something German. Just something long with like 17 names. Um, yeah, something German. Sure. Um, anyway. Sorry, any Germans out there that I've offended. You know my last. I don't think we. You know any. my last name is pretty German, right? House um, in the house. Anyway, um, I think if if those suspicions are true that she is Madame Hydra, I think she's forming kind of like the anti Avengers, <laughs> or and rather not the anti Avengers, but people who I don't want to say could be easily manipulated, but. Like people who who morally want to do good but ambiguously are unable to determine what is morally good, um, yeah, like John being, Walker. <laughs> being able to do like black ops hero stuff is pretty interesting, and like I uh, I don't know. I imagine that this is probably going to be more of a like let's just point these two people at each other so that like it, it sows the right kind of chaos. Um, no, I don't know. But I'm I'm excited to see if she shows up in Hawkeye though. I think she show. will. I don't think she'll be the main point of Hawkeye, but I think she'll show up at one point and start to tie things together not and a, really Madame, set up. Not Madame Hydra. What's her name? Melena. Yelena. What? Elena. Yelena. Yelena. I'm bad at pronouncing everything. I think everyone knows this already. Fact. Yes. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, yes, I think she. I hope she has a. Like at least a, a a substantial role in. Hawkeye. I think she'll be like using the format that they've kind of used for these last couple of Marvel shows. I think, like she'll come in at like just past the midpoint of the show and complicate the problem even further. <laughs> is what she'll end up doing. She'll, she'll rock up in the rock up in the final episode and tie everything off in a nice nice boat. Well, yeah. It's well, I know. About... I think. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's it's partly about training. Hawkeye's daughter, isn't it? So yeah. there might be an A story, B story thing with. I don't think it's his daughter though. Don't they? Aren't they doing Kate Bishop? I have no idea. I, I thought, thought it was his daughter because uh, they cast Haley Steinfeld as his daughter. And... Either way, yeah, but they're setting up yeah, like um... based off of what we've seen in Wandavision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and now here. I think it's it's more solid than not to say that we're. Like the next generation is starting to lean towards um, young Avengers, mm-hmm. um, and what I'm interested in, what um, I think her name's Val is doing, is kind of plucking a few 
to kind of set up this kind of animosity and artificial, like, side... Uh, these artificial sides to who who is good and who is bad to then realize that she's Madame Hydra and them to come together at some point in the future. Mm. Yeah. Because so uh, far the yes. people she has recruited aren't, like... As much as John Walker is not my guy, I don't think he is unambiguously evil. I think he is a guy who wants to do good and is misguided in his attempts. Because he's a bit of a prick. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think the same could be said about Elena, is that she wants to do good, but like, kind of going back to that same vest scene, that's the first thing she's ever bought herself, and she's how old grown woman um mm. she she's been under such control her whole life that i think someone like i don't mean this in a in a like a derogatory way to diminish her but she's set up in such a way that she could very easily be manipulated under the right motivations like get the person who killed your sister um mm. without any context of what actually happened um so I think yeah. I think we are setting up for some kind of conflict to come up and then realize, hang on, why are we fighting? Oh, we're being puppeteered um, mm. and turn turn together against the big bad. Hawkeye tried really, really hard <laughs> to not to, for, for Nat to not die. Mm. It's exactly. just he's more shit than she is. So he lost. <laughs> well, yeah, because because he's Hawkeye. <laughs> um, um, and she's, she's Aww, Black Hawkeye. Widow. Like Hawkeye. <laughs> she's Black Widow. Poor Hawkeye. Um, uh, but that being said, I think, I mean, I I lost my train of thought, but yeah, I think it's, it is, you know, she's, I think she's being specifically manipulative in who killed, like, I, I don't think there's a single character that believes that Hawkeye killed her, except maybe now Yelena, um, mm. just by knowing their relationship. So it's it's all about manipulation and control at the moment still, and Yelena is going to be stuck in the cycle of manipulation and control for a while. Mm. Maybe she'll kill that horrible haircut Hawkeye has. Can we also okay. just talk about, like, she ended up getting a dog, and that made me very happy. Oh, um... There was a dog in this movie? <laughs> she talks there's... about... They're talking about their, like, fake lives and that nice little scene and their fake families and what they tell people. And she's like, oh, I don't really want a family, but it would be nice to get a dog. And at the end credit scene, she has her dog! It's very sweet. What happened to the piggies? Yeah. I assume Melina, Mel- Melina went back and she's and just chilling with her piggies. Because she, some... she seemed protective of them. Bang. Except for that bit where she nearly suffocated one to death. Yeah, that was a little bit touch and go for me, where she was like, you had a point eleven seconds left, and I'm like, oh, that's really, really close for comfort, but I guess the pig is alive. And now she has no, no need to torture her pigs. Mm, but she so. does have a solid understanding of mind control technology, so yeah, I think, that's absolutely going to get co-opted by a baddie. Yeah, you I think, think we could so. see, see more from her later. Um, and it would be interesting to see um, either her flip and be be the bad for a little while, or what she and Yelena have to do in the face of it going missing. 
Now, what's the next MCU movie that we're getting? Is it Shang-Chi or is it um, sure it's the Eternals? Eternals? I think it's the Eternals, okay. Shang-Chi, um, Doctor Spider-Man. Strange. Uh, Spider-Man or no, Doctor Spider-Man. Strange. Is, yeah, after that. It's Spider-Man in December for sure, because that's a Sony release, so... And what's we meant to get out? another three MCU movies before the end of the year, which is whack. That is whack. And, and if you count Mobius and um, sorry, Morbius and Venom, I think we're getting another two. Are they doing Morbius this year as well as Venom? Yeah, well, Morbius has been That's on the fuck. cards for longer than Venom Two has. Wait, but just... we haven't had a trailer drop for Morbius yet, have we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, like like, like like two years ago. <laughs> oh, um, but just put Morbius... Uh, put uh, is it Morbius mm. or Morpheus? Morbius, Morbius. Put that in the who cares pile. Correct. Um... <laughs> Are we getting any more shows in in the interim, or is Hawkeye the next show next year? I, no, I think Ms. Marvel's meant to be end of the year. Oh. Um. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot coming. Mm. We're, and we're definitely we'll talk about it all right here on the Video stuff. Shop Podcast. Yeah, we're definitely setting up some interesting stuff for the next phase and ushering well, in some new characters. In like, there they haven't. It, nothing has felt like we're crowbarring in and like going and just dropping a package of this is what's next on you. It feels very nicely handed over. Well, it feels I hope like we're had getting a proper phase. multiverse. Yeah, I think we will. But it feels like we're getting a whole phase of um. Of TV shows that like yeah. phase five. Oh, yeah. what if? Mm. What if is what like if is next, next month? But what if I don't think is integrated as well? Although, well, in the trailer, in the trailer, they keep talking about the mo- the multiverse and the Watcher being there, so they might to be determined. like it's not integrated, but it's still the MCU. Yeah. Did you watch the trailer? Did you watch the trailer, Cal? No, I haven't. I generally avoid trailers, but. Some like, of it looks the animation like it is, have a, is a bit line. janky, but... Well, at first I thought it was just going to be kind of this series of kind of... Um, oh, God, it's too early and I don't remember the word. Um, uh, like, I thought it was going to be an anthology series where every episode's just different. Um, mm, but I think so. looking at the trailer, I think there's going to be this through line with Doctor Strange <laughs> leading leading the story. But we'll see. We'll see what's going on I, with it. I... I don't think it's going to be Doctor Strange. I think it's going to be The Watcher. Well, I, I think it's a little bit column A, column B. There's a trailer for the first episode where he's explaining it all to T'Challa and is like, you want to see what you're like somewhere else? Um, I don't know if you've seen that specific trailer. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little bit column A, column B. I don't know how it's going, like, if it's going to have any knock-on effect to the MCU. I don't think it will. Um... But I, and I don't think it's going to be like when I say storyline, I don't mean this is going to be a linear like show where the problem is presented in episode one and we're going to have a solution by the end. I think there's going like there's going to be loose connection. It's not going to be strong anthology. Mm. Mm. Like we're going to set up like almost this like and i don't mean this literally but like almost like doctor strange is this interdimensional agency where avengers turn up and are like show me myself um like that's what it feels like it's going to be in every episode someone else will turn up i don't know if it's going to be that i think it's more likely to be like a uh um twilight zone kind of deal yeah you have a narrator Mm -hmm. you have a narrator that kind of narrates you through these different kind of worlds but we'll find out in like 
three weeks or something. Mm. It's yeah. not far away. Um, and Loki final tomorrow, so that's what we're going to be talking about saying, next yeah. week. So if you haven't caught up, everybody, catch up. Is there any... We've just hit the hour mark, so is there any more things either of you had to say about the Black the Widow? No, I think that's a pretty, pretty good episode there. It was a good movie, <laughs> and if you somehow listen to all these spoilers without seeing it, go watch it. Surely, I mean, everyone's hungry for this, right? <laughs> like, the, the screening I went to of this, there were more people in it than... Fast Nine and A Quiet Place combined. Yeah, well, people same. And then the probably year, double. People for the last year, like at least from what I've seen, were, were already planning on using this movie as a metric for when cinema could kind of start its return. And this would this would be the the big staple. Um, and it's doing quite well in the box office, considering it's also getting an online release. Yeah, I like. Like I said, I will go see this movie again. I think it was great. It spoke to a lot of the things I... I didn't necessarily know I I needed in a movie, but loved and inspired me. So I, I chalk that up to a good movie. I think people have also... The people that... What I have liked about all this and the fact they're releasing some movies online is the dickheads that sit on their phone after paying 20 bucks to see a movie... Um, are going to watch the movie at home. Mm. So I don't get... I haven't seen a single phone disrupt m- my viewing experience. Well, There's everyone... that one weird guy that came into Fast 9 like 20 minutes into the movie, asked me how long it's been going for. I said 20 minutes. He's like, what the fuck? And then left. <laughs> but, well, everyone's um, been at home on their phones for the last year and a half. I think attention spans are, are like relatively ready to sit for a movie again. Um, well, but I will yeah. say my viewing experience was hindered significantly by, wait, what's happening? Who cares? Wait, why do they? Why are they talking about that? Wait, who's dead at the end? Why are you so excited about this lady with the purple hair streak? Like, there was there was a lot lot going on that I had to explain, and like early in the movie when, um, like when they're super early when they're still kids. Um, uh, when they're being taken, I had a very strong reaction. My parents were like, "What? They're just like, what? They're they're gonna go be spies? Like the the dad has no issue." I'm like, "No, you don't get it. I don't know if they're gonna talk about it, and I don't know why I thought like we're just gonna make it with the whole movie without talking about it." I was like, "You don't understand. They're not just spies. They're going to like take away all of their reproductive organs. Like it's not just their spies. It is absolute control." Mm. And there's a lot of context missing if you haven't seen the rest of all the Avengers movies. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I I I realize though I'm glad I got to see this in cinemas because I've seen every MCU movie in cinemas apart from The Incredible Hulk um because I didn't realize at the time that it was connected to Iron Man. I was just like, "Oh, it's another Hulk movie. Who cares? The last one was terrible." Mm-hmm. And I'm keeping that streak alive. Well, that's great. I Tweet think... us at Video Shop Pod. What did you think of Black Widow? Is that it? Are you going to say something, Brienne? <laughs> I, well, I was, but then you said that, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't say what I was going to say. I was going to no, just same. talk about, I think you can meet um, at, at Disneyland. I think they're doing meet and greets with her in her white suit now. Nice, great. So if any of you live near Disneyland or are allowed to travel to the US... I just US, thought, you know what? No I thought it was a fun, <laughs> interesting thing that they they were doing with her her new suit, but never mind. No, it is it is a fun, interesting thing. It's just a reminder that I can't go to Disneyland. I live down the street and I can't go to Disneyland, so don't you worry about that. 
I, I was nearly going to say weird flex, but fair enough. Anyway, tweet us at Video Shop Pod. Do you, can you go to Disneyland right now? <laughs> and um, and what did you think of Black Widow? And that's it. See you, nerds. Yep. Do I say it again? Okay. See you, nerds. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>